Mistress Rage. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome. Mistress Rage here with another Rage Cast. Today, we're going to talk about some of the messed up stuff that financial dominatrixes specifically do to financial submissives. I was going to talk about something else this week, but what brought this up was a tweet that my friend Maribel Blue from KEM Top Talk sent me, where this guy was advocating violence against financial dominatrixes. And obviously that's pretty fucked up. But as I'm looking at the tweet that she sent me on his account, he was saying that when you meet up with a financial dominatrix for a cash point meet, which is where you just meet up and you hand her a wad of cash, and then usually you just part ways after that, that he was saying that when you meet up with her, like punch her in the face and all this other stuff, and it was very misogynistic. It was very disturbing, to say the least. But as a person who studies psychology and wants to understand the motivations of people, I decided to keep reading his tweets and not stop at the horror that a couple of these first ones were presenting. So something I noticed was that he was saying that he was a financial submissive at one time. He admitted to having a mental disorder. And the thing that drove him to the point of wanting to advocate for violence against financial dominatrixes is the way he had been treated in the past. So again, I kept reading because some guys, it's just rejection that gets them all pissy and hating on the findoms or not being able to afford it, being a dumbass and not being able to follow the directions there, wanting something for nothing and things like that. But this wasn't the case with this guy. So this guy admitted to having a mental disorder. I didn't see which mental disorder he said he had. But he was saying that he had got into financial domination and this, this fetish tends to be very addictive for certain people, which is fine if you can keep that under control. But like any addiction, if you're finding out that it's causing bad stuff to happen in your life, you're best to get away from it. So I guess that's what he did. And whatever financial dom or doms he was dealing with were using his mental disorder against him to pull him back in because they knew he would respond to that. So it was a form of manipulation, which a lot of the sex industry does that. I mean, capitalism in general does that. Every advertisement for every product that you see around your environment manipulates you in some way. And if you don't think it does, well, then it's really working. So this guy tried and tried and tried to get away from these gals, and they would do things that they knew would trigger his addiction, and they would use his mental disorder as a way of soaking him out of his money. And I definitely think this is unethical at best and dangerous at worst, because to me... Looking at it from a psychological perspective, addiction is addiction. So it would be no different than the owner of a bar offering an alcoholic who's in recovery a beer to get him back to the bar to spend money. 
or a drug dealer offering someone in recovery a free hit of crack to bring them back uh, to his side of the business. So it, it's very immoral. Remember, everything in BDSM should be consensual. My very first podcast here was a, a, about that. So if a guy is saying, look, I'm addicted, I have a mental problem, I'm trying to get away from this, then he's withdrawing consent just because he's so weak due to his addiction. I know I don't want to say weak. I want to say vulnerable. Just because he's vulnerable because of his addiction um, doesn't mean that it's okay to draw him back in. He's essentially withdrawn consent when he says, hey, I want to get away from this. So when a financial dominatrix tries to push his buttons to get him back, then she's essentially acting non-consensually. So I always think that's fucked up. But it was interesting because after my last podcast, I got a message on Twitter from someone who said that the only way I could have made that last podcast better was to talk about the messed up stuff that these findoms do, such as taking uh, people away from their family and taking kids' college funds. And I told him, I said, it's kind of funny because I was thinking about doing a podcast on that. So that was my sign from the universe that this was a topic that needed to be talked about. So what I'm talking about when I mention these is that, for example, financial dominatrixes, and, and I don't mean professional dominatrixes that see people in person in a dungeon. I rarely see them trying to remove a client from his family and trying to milk all of his money out of him because financial fetishism is not the focus of professional domination usually. Um, so financial domination, a lot of the girls that work that angle as a fetish will do things like home wrecking or insulting the wife or girlfriend of the financial sub. For example, I've seen girls say, yeah, fuck your ugly wife, you need to divorce her and give me your money. And I've always found that to be really trashy and shitty, especially from somebody who purports themselves to be a female supremacist. If you're a female supremacist, you're not going to put down another woman so a man can jack off. So by doing the home wrecking, you're not a female supremacist. You're out for money and you're greedy. So the home wrecking fetish deliberately drives the man away from his family. Oftentimes, he's married man with children. So I've seen these girls go so far as to say, well, empty out your college fund that you have saved up for your children and give it to me. And you might say, well, the guy could just say no. You would be absolutely correct in saying this. But the problem is when you're dealing with somebody who, like the first guy I talked to, has an addiction and a vulnerability, then you're not dealing with someone who's giving proper consent, who has the ability to do that. And as a person in the position of power, in the position of control, you're supposed to encourage guys to not do that. You're supposed to encourage guys who see you that are married to be good husbands, to be good fathers, to be good people. We're supposed to be training men to be better. Women are the educators and the teachers of men. 
And instead they're saying, leave your wife and kids so you can give me all your money. Empty out your savings. Empty out your kids' college funds and give it to me. They're breaking up homes and they're manipulating and taking advantage of people who are vulnerable so they can get a few bucks. In the meantime, they're fucking over this guy's kids. They're fucking them out of their college funds, inheritance, retirement accounts, and things like that. And often the family members who are now victims, by the way, and I want you to understand these family members are now victims of these financial dominatrixes because of what, have ha what has happened. So these victims, these children, these women who are innocent, don't know what's going on, often don't find out about this until it's too late. And then they often don't have any recourse to recuperate the financial losses because this is done under the guise of consent. However, manipulation and playing on somebody's vulnerabilities and addictions is not consensual, really. So I've seen a lot of financial findom, quote therapy, findom, recovery groups, and generally it's populated by a lot of men who now have very misogynistic views of women, particularly sex workers, because of what they've experienced at the hands of one or two findoms. So what they're doing is they're generalizing all findoms to be that way. And I know a lot of girls who do financial domination, some exclusively and some as just part of a list of fetishes um, as a pro-dom or other kinds of sex work. And I can assure you that not everybody is unethical. Not everybody is like that. But any time that you get into a realm where money is the focus, you're going to have a lot of corruption. You're going to have a lot of manipulation. You're going to have a lot of dirty, shady shit go on. So if you're interested in becoming a FinDom, I want you to consider being an ethical one. I've never had to be dishonest with my money slave. Had that's a that's a weird way to put it. I've never been dishonest with my money slave. He's always known what's what up front. I have never taken him away from his children. I have never prevented him from helping his children financially. I didn't take him away from his wife. I don't empty his bank account so that he's eating bread and drinking water. And that's another thing that these girls do. They're like, uh, give me every single drop of your money. I want to see an eviction notice on your door. That's really fucked up. Like seriously, that's fucked up. Now, if you're just doing it as role play, like we're just pretending like any other kind of role play, I don't see a problem with this, right? Because it's make-believe. It's fantasy and that's fun. And that's okay because it's not real. But when you're really driving a person to the point that their credit is ruined, their bank account is empty, they have nothing to eat, they are on the verge of having nowhere to live, you are fucked up. Seriously, you're a fucked up person. And look, I know these guys that come at us as doms are often fucked up people in terms of being rude, entitled, just general dumbass dickweeds. But that doesn't give anybody the right to turn around and take advantage of people like that. Also, it's really a stupid business move. 
because sustainability is always the key. If you use up all your resources, you have no resources left. So instead of making this guy broke every month and his life sucks, what you're doing is you're creating a negative association between his experience and serving you. It's much better to have your subs live a healthy existence so they are better capable of serving you. So instead of draining all his money, you know, take a responsible amount of it. And of course, each financial sub has different amounts of resources available to them, which means you have different amounts of resources available to you. But don't be unhealthy about it. It's ridiculous. Like I said again, if it's role play, no problem. I've done that before. It's a lot of fun. For those of you who are financial submissives, I understand that it's fun to give away your money. I understand that she won't talk to you if you don't give her money. But when you get to the point that you're selling out your children's future, you have a problem. And there's, there's always a line where a fetish can go from being cool and healthy and okay to being pathological, to being very unhealthy, to being a problem behavior, right? Having a beer, not a big deal. Having 10 beers a day, that becomes bad. So is it the beer that's bad? No, it's how much you utilize it that becomes a problem. And so if occasionally you give some money to a financial dominatrix for some fun, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with giving large amounts to a financial dominatrix. But when you're taking away from your wife and you're taking away from your children, when you're taking away from yourself in such a way that you have to eat nothing but, say, uh, 99 cent cans of chicken soup all week, that's not good for your health, first of all. Let's talk about your nutrition. But why would somebody want you to do that? What kind of person does that? You see what I'm saying? That's when you're going too far for it. And if you want to even do that occasionally, that's really not a problem either. But when you're finding that week after week, month after month, you're broke, you're getting eviction notices, your credit card companies are calling you because you can't afford to pay, that's a huge problem. Additionally, this exposure thing that's going on in financial domination is a bit of a problem as well. So what will happen is some guy will get horny because, you know, the male sex drive sometimes leads men into very dangerous predicaments. And so the guy will provide very personal information, often pictures, social security numbers, job information, contact information for his wife and family members, friends. And then he will, in the heat of horniness, will say, well, if I don't pay you, you can blackmail me. And uh, that threat of you calling my boss or my wife or my sister will make me pay. But then what happens is you've, you've taken him for everything he has or multiple Financial dominatrixes have taken for him for everything he has because he has binged, right? It's like binge eating. You just eat this big amount and then you're done. 
And so what happens is in his horniness, he's binged. And now he finds himself in this fucked up predicament where these people have personal information about himself and other non-consenting, non-involved parties. And these dominatrixes will call his job and say, hey, do you know that, uh, you know, John Smith that works for you is actually a sissy? Here's a picture. Guys, if you're doing this, like you need some help. Because, again, if it was just role play or just fantasy, not a big deal. But you should not, you know, it's not okay for your wife to get that call. It's not okay for your boss to have to hear that call or your coworker or your sister. That's not okay to involve those people in your jack-off fantasy. Really not okay. And if you find yourself doing this and then having regrets later, this has now become problem fetishism, what we call paraphilia. And you need to get some help with that, okay? If you have this problem and you need help, let me know. And I can try to help you find somebody who can get you to a, a healthier place. Also, though, financial doms, I want you to know this. You think that what you're doing is consensual and therefore not illegal. But the moment a guy says no... I don't want to pay you, and then you leverage that personal information against him, do understand that now you can get charged with criminal blackmail because there's no such thing in the law books as consensual blackmail. The moment that he takes back consent and says, no, I don't want to pay you, no, I don't want to be involved, no, I don't want to do this, he can go after your ass. So... Be very informed on your state laws with regard to that. It's very important because you can end up in jail. You can end up with a felony. Is it really worth it for, you know, a couple hundred bucks, even a couple thousand bucks to ruin your whole future? Some of you are in school and you're students and you want to do some really cool jobs later, but an FBI background check for some of those jobs, doctor, lawyer, psychologist, whatever, is you're not going to pass that if you have blackmailed somebody. So you can be ruining your entire future. So I'm going to ask you not to do, quote, real blackmail, and instead keep that as a fantasy. Here's what I would do to you if you don't pay. You know, like, do that fantasy sexy role play thing, because you'll probably make more money like that anyhow. So if you think that you are in an unhealthy financial domination relationship or interaction, stop. Lock her. Get away from her. Don't look at her Twitter. Don't answer the email. Send them to spam. And if a person really just will not leave you alone, if you tell her, like, look, I don't want contact with you. I'm in recovery from this. I don't want to do this anymore. Leave me alone. If she doesn't, now you have some criminal stuff going on. You need to get away from the person. And if you need help with that, please, please contact me because I can direct you to some really good resources and really good steps to take to recover what is potentially a very costly addiction. I have heard of a person committing suicide because the person that he had been serving for so long, he wanted to get away from her. And she just wouldn't let him. She fully utilized his addiction to her. And 
manipulated him in ways that were really, really not okay. So, like any other addiction, you got to get away from it. It can take a lot of work. It can be very difficult. But there are ways to do it. So if you need to contact me, I'm at info at mistressrage.com. You can see me on Twitter at mistressrage, all one word. Mistressrage.com is my website. I'm also on Patreon if you like this show and want to contribute to more episodes. I thank you for listening. Remember, be careful out there. Not everybody's great. I'll talk to you next time.